Cardi B is returning for Fast and Furious 10. 10? 10. I thought they were on 8. They're on 10? You you missed a, a oh, Fast and Furious. Oh, they're on 9. Yeah, and they're going to do... And they're going to do a 10th. Why? Ten. Okay. All right. Gotta love the decimal system. Yeah. Yeah. What a week. Yeah. What a week. What a week. I mean, so much has happened. Uh, R.I.P. to two very real ones. Extremely oh, real. In very different ways. Uh, John yeah. McAfee. Just tragic, heartbreaking that he Epsteined himself. Uh, Even though just he said before. he wouldn't. Yeah. He did, he did he insist. that he wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. So Loud he, and clear. Yeah. So Epsteined in a Spanish... Uh, prison. Yeah, in a Barcelona right. prison. Yeah, yeah, sad. And uh, Mike Ravel, which actually is quite sad. Yeah, yeah, for real though. Yeah, he was he was not a pedophile, as far as I know. No. So that's that is a true loss. He was also ninety one. He was ninety one. He had a good long life. Yeah, and he did a lot of good during that time. Yeah, but uh, read the Pentagon Papers into the congressional record. Yeah, true. Did everything he could to hold yep. uh, our political leaders accountable for their war crimes. Did a Bernie Sanders before. It was cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe maybe while Bernie was was doing also Bernie Sanders. Well, there I, were a bit of a tag team. In yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. I I don't remember. I don't remember when Bernie what got into the Senate. Was that it was like oh eight? Was it or it, it wasn't? He was a congressman for a very long time, but I don't remember before that a mayor. Yeah, mayor. <laughs> uh, let's see what else happened this week. Uh, disclosure which we're going to be talking about on our bonus episode uh, yeah. for today. We've we got some UFOs quite boring UFO disclosure from the government. We don't know. We yeah. don't know. We Yeah. We don't the know anything about them. Government confirms they don't know. Yeah, which is what they've been saying for like the last year. Yeah. Like they're like, "Oh, or, or watch 60, out. 60 years. Watch yeah. out, we're going to drop some some hot new knowledge on y'all." Yeah. Um, oh, it's exactly what we've Yeah, been UFO saying. enthusiasts have been looking forward to this for <laughs> Yeah. For decades, and uh, I imagine they're all quite disappointed. But more yeah. on that in the bonus. Let's see what else happened this week. I can't think of. Um... Uh, let's see. Monday, I walked around, did some did some writing, <laughs> took a walk. Um, what did we have for dinner on Monday? I feel like it was chicken. Uh, yeah, maybe it was chicken. Yeah, I, I think we, maybe we defrosted some chicken. Uh, okay, okay, so Monday, nothing really exciting happened. Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday, socialists fucking swept through New York like a goddamn... Hurricane! Hurricane, yeah. <laughs> Red wave. Yeah. Red wave 2021. I mean, it truly is wild. Like, Buffalo now has, uh, I think, the first woman... To be mayor, yeah, and uh, she's a fucking hardcore socialist. Yeah, it was a, it was a really good scene. Like really soon after she, it was announced that she had won uh, the Democratic primary. We should say, which in Buffalo is basically you've you've won uh, until Democrats the, show their true colors and start no voting one, for Republicans. No, there is no Republican, <laughs> and the deadline has passed for them to put anybody on the ballot. Oh wow, funny. Yeah, That's no, funny. she has won. Yeah, um, yeah, mayor elect India Walton. Yeah, she uh, she went right in front of cameras, like, pretty soon after, and they're like, uh, are you a socialist? And she goes, yep. <laughs> like, yep. yeah, yeah, that was the whole point, is to, ta- is to drive economic uh, activity downward to as many people as possible. That's the idea. 
that's what I ran on. Yeah. <laughs> it's, she it's, also it's said, great. America yeah. is quite fine with socialism for the rich. Yes, she did. Which, yeah. Good, it's a, good it's, line. Yeah, it's a, it's a good, it's a good Bernie line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bur- I think uh, I, I, he definitely didn't invent it, but uh, oh. he, he popularized it in the last couple of years. So, yep. uh, so, so uh, India Walton won. That one's awesome. Uh, a couple things happened in Troy, which is pretty fucking cool. A couple things happened right? in Troy. Yeah. Uh, Kiani, uh, in the words of her opponent, smoked him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> smoked him yeah kiani absolutely um crushed her opponent carrie yeah. drescher yeah like two to one two Just to one landslide the final Ba-ba-bow. vote tally is so kiani conley wilson beat carrie drescher 351 to 167 congratulations yeah and there was one one write-in which i really want to know what that oh, one I write-in would, was i would give anything to know who that write-in yeah, was i think that was in the the from the district or the the electoral district that I was poll that we were poll watching in. Why do you think that? Because I, I remember seeing the the tape afterward, and it said oh. one write in. So I think that was in our district. Yeah, that was an interesting experience poll watching, and then seeing at the end of the night how we were getting all of our information from all of these different like the board of elections office prints out these receipts from each precinct. And so you get this long piece of tape that has mm-hmm. like all the all the numbers on it. Maybe longer than a CVS receipt. It is longer. <laughs> it's very long. And of course, Marquita Edwards, who has as of now beat Cheryl Kennedy by ten votes, one forty two to one thirty two. Now there are, I believe, fifteen absentee ballots. Such a nail that biter. Have been, it's a real nail biter. I mean, it is so fucking close. Yeah. So We'll see. I mean, the Troy record called it a victory the night of. Which is what you do strategically. When you get, when you get more votes. <laughs> well, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. yeah. But, but, I'm going to do, do a John Madden, right? And just like, well, the, 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 the goal is that you get most points on the board. And the person with the most points on the board wins. That yeah. is the goal. And, yeah. even, and even when those points are uh, up for debate, you, if you're a campaign, you strategically announce victory. Of course, like, and that's then if what you don't you do. win, you you say they cheated. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. And and like, yeah, we all got upset when um uh, fucking Pete Buttigieg did it in what was it like Iowa, Iowa, yeah, um, or when George W. Bush did it for the entire country. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very it's very uh, effective. It's like very effective. you know, you're yeah. creating that narrative. Um, so yeah, props to both of those campaigns. Props to the two of you for, you know, being so central in the uh, Kiani for Troy campaign. And Chris, you hit the phones for Marquita. Yeah, I came in at the last possible moment and uh, took all the glory for myself because I did some <laughs> uh, phone banking the night of. And so if it's a squeaker and she wins by one vote, yeah, that was you have good. exactly one person to thank. Chris, Chris no one else. Yeah, no no fucking one else. other people. No, I, I'm <laughs> yeah, kidding. Yeah. Um, yeah, so many people were so dedicated to these two campaigns in fact like i had only really sort of a tertiary or you know like a uh, like a partial in- involvement in either of them mostly through you guys just keeping up with the pulse of it all and like i'm so impressed by the mobilization of like the you know left in troy this year than like i can't even say it. it's historic by my expectations and experience like this is the biggest grassroots political campaign season i've ever borne witness to 
And the fact that DSA um, came out so strong in support of both of these candidates, and also the fact that Kiani won by such a fucking margin. So after such a two historic campaigns, I'm just really motivated and excited to see what happens into the future. I mean, like, this is sort of like, um, like a, a, mo- a boxing movie. You know, where the, you've got like the underdog and the underdog's like training and, you know, there's this montage and everyone's like, you, you're never going to be shit. You never was shit. You know, you, you play. and then he's like doing the push-ups or that she's doing the push-ups and then they get in the ring and there's like this, you know, the, the machine, the Democratic Party is like, you're not a real organizer, like blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, speaking all these like swirling like yeah. visions around the boxer's like head. And then the boxer, you know connects with a hard jab and blood comes out and they can smell it and they're like you're going fucking down yeah that's how i feel right now that's yeah. how that's how i feel the left and troy feels accurate. right now and uh, in- instead of a boxing movie that's a metaphor for say for for politics it should be a political <laughs> movie that is a metaphor for boxing Ooh, Ooh. yeah it's a good idea Ooh, scorsese yeah. get on it Tr- yeah trillion dollar baby yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one thing that really stands out to me about all of this is dark, that dark money, baby. This is this is how well we did when we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah, and now next time we do know what we're doing. Yeah, but next time they know not to underestimate us, yeah. which yeah. will also work against us. But, yeah, that's um, hard too. Yeah. So let's play a little uh, game theory out here. We've got the idea of potentially Marquito, you know, win this by a, a squeaker. And getting the Democratic primary uh, and being on the ballot, it's highly likely that both these candidates in these districts will win their general election, you know, based on historical trends in in those districts in terms of people uh, voting Democrat traditionally. Yeah. Um, And then there's uh, District 1, where I live. Where uh, D. Collins is, um, you know, go, has the Democratic uh, endorsement right now, but not a lot of street signs, not a lot of uh, campaign activity that I can perceive. Because she didn't have a primary. Yeah. There's not a, there's not a lot of reason to waste those resources this early if you don't have a primary. Well, well f- fair, but still, like, name recognition is something that builds yeah. cumulatively, right? right? Yeah. And, Definitely true. I think by end of July, August, she should have a big presence. Because people will forget. Like, yeah. And most people aren't going to keep a political lawn sign in their yard for six months. Yeah, we, we had a really hard time. Because we were putting yard signs out as early as, like, February. I remember, I, I remember delivering yard signs, and I couldn't get one in the ground because it was frozen. Yeah. So, yeah, we... we st- and now people yeah. have to mow, they right. move yeah. the sign every yeah. week. They're not... Yeah, are they putting it back up? Oftentimes yeah. not. So, yeah. you know, there's definitely uh, something to be said for holding off until it's closer to the general for her to really start building a strong ground game. But well, she's going to need one. Yeah, cause... what do you think the chances are that they're the same, you know, like dynamic duo of campaign teams uh, and source from the same, you know, milieu of like leftist Troy people are going to be able to extend some of their, you know, resources and attention. That's a question of resources that I'm not really probably comfortable saying much about yet. I mean, D Collins hasn't reached out to us for support and we haven't discussed uh, offering any support, but you know, we have two candidates that are going to need, even though these are democratic districts, Mm -hmm. they're going to need a lot of help. Because there's going to be a very reactionary backlash to both of these figures, given their their politics and the fact that they're you know insurgents. So, um, but it would be it is not outside of the realm of possibility that you could have districts one, two, five, and six, like all people of color, 
and uh like kick an ass like that yeah. that is completely possible which would then be really funny to then have carmela mentello who's also Presiding. a person of color yeah. because she's very italian <laughs> right uh um as as the as the chair as the, as the as the council president and like just imagining her having to wrangle a entirely democratic that would be fun uh, to watch uh city council and trying really hard not to say a racial slur yeah, yeah like that's that would be something else you know another thing i would say about d collins is that given where she is running i don't know that it would be helpful for her to be at all affiliated with us cuz this is a yeah. much more Republican slash moderate district. Then I see you know. m- more. Only you can prevent socialism stickers in my neighborhood than I ever <laughs> would have guessed I would have been able to see. I saw yeah. such a weird fucking group of bumper stickers in traffic the other day. It like made me crack up. Like there was a picture of Donald Trump when he was doing that, like hugging and kissing the flag and being like, "You love this, you stupid fucking idiots, don't yeah, you?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it said, "Do you miss me yet?" <laughs> oh god. <laughs> like, but but we, we should also acknowledge though that uh driving to Chris's in our, in our district, Brittany District 5, right? That Kiani won by a landslide. We passed two thin blue line flags and an anti-abortion uh billboard. Yeah. Mm. We passed it, all, all within has, like 500 feet of each other. And District 1 has registered Democrats two to one over yeah. Republicans. So yeah. like there's no reason that she can't win that race, I think. I, I, I really do think the only reason that District 1 always has a Republican is frankly because the Democrats don't want to govern and they leave District 1 to the Republicans. Yeah. Every I've, I, I, I remember as far back as uh, elections in 2014 where they will pick someone usually it's a woman of color to be honest that to run in district one and then they just don't do anything for them no support yeah mm. they, well they, so they're like we're trying and look it's diverse but they like don't want the they they that's what they did to anastasia and then she surprised them and actually won like they, this is what the democrats do is they don't actually want like women or people of color to run and then uh, or to win but they run them in districts and then not help them and they're like well and then and then you then you do get you're able to like foment foment this this theory that you know that bernie sanders keeps running with that like women can't can't be president right because they keep losing elections (laughs) what is wrong with you don't say that no that is the worst slander ever ever committed against our 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 big jewish boy i can't believe you but i i i do think though that like there is like some sort of uh there is something there, though, about, like, how parties do run people that we, that people like us would want to win. They run them so that they will lose, so that you don't think it's possible. And, yeah, I, and it is absolutely, completely possible for District 1 to be solidly blue if they ran someone and actually supported them. Well, like a decent person and supported them. And hopefully that's D Collins. I'm signing up for the campaign. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna, be cool. I'm going to see what I can do. To, yeah, I mean, another thing out. I would say, like, DSA is supposed to be using its resources to elect socialists, mm-hmm. not Democrats. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. So it'll, it'll have to be on non uh, socialists. <laughs> I don't know. Well, like, should, I mean, you know, any, any candidate can fill out a questionnaire that we have for endorsement and. Yeah, I mean, we happens. don't have any of the infrastructure yet to like yeah. make that available to people, yeah. but, but we are yeah. working on. Yeah, and, and there's in the Troy's area labor council. Every yeah. single candidate 
that we endorsed one. one. So that Every that, single that one. brings me to you know the other progressive wins in the county, which are um, Cindy Doran, uh, Peter Grimm, and Nina Nichols, who were all not endorsed by the Democrats. Yeah, these are there sitting. Were nine. These are city sitting council or a uh, 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 county county legislators. county legislature. They they are incumbents, and the party did not endorse them. Be- largely it's all kind of agreed because they put forward a black lives matter resolution yep wow but guess what baby they all fucking won they all nice fucking so won. suck it suck yeah. it democrats and i saw that uh steve mclaughlin tried to uh have either himself or the candidate instead um try and steal the working family party it does primary. look like they will have successfully stolen the entire working family line well, not for um, uh, Gwen Wright. Won. No, the the will, absentee ballots be. are yeah. huge. There's like over like a thousand. Five, yeah. there's a thousand? Over, there's like 900 and something absentee ballots. Yeah, Gwen's not going to, Gwen's probably not going to win that line. No fucking way. Yeah. Man, this whole absentee shit is so wild. Like, the uh, ability of, like, <laughs> I don't know. Just They it, dropped off the, they, they, the Republicans did everything to steal this line they dropped off the fucking request for the absentee ballots they dropped off the ballots they took they picked them up from the people they dropped them off at the boe like they did every the, all of the infrastructure to yeah. do this was done by republicans yeah like I, this was not some kind of like grassroots like people you know no, rising no. up to decide to steal no, the no. wfp yeah it's it, fucked man they're really effective i remember with the green party they uh on the day of the election i was up eight votes it was like um, 12 to 4 or something. And then something like 16, 18 Green Party, but actual Republicans, um, uh, absentee ballots all came in and every single one of them went Republican. Yep. And like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so yeah, fusion voting. Fuck it. Yeah. For um, total yeah, bullshit. I mean, uh, it's, we should it's, get rid of the stupid fucking system. It's really hard for me because like the WFP, because Keanu was endorsed by the Working Families Party, they ga- that gained us access to a lot of resources, mm-hmm. a lot of like uh, trainings and templates and stuff that the Democratic Party certainly wasn't offering us. Yep. And so like somebody was asking me the other day if I think that it's more harm than good for the WFP to exist. And like, it's just, it's, it's so overdetermined. It's really hard to say, like we benefited a lot from the WFP, but you get like low information, progressive voters who show up in the ballot, in the ballot room and say like, Oh, WFP, I know them. I'm going to vote party line for working and not electing Republicans with green. And how many people is that really at the end of the day? It's, I don't know, but Mm. I, th- I think it's a substantial amount. I mean, you know, Carmela Mantello won her um, uh, presidency, city council presidency, by like five votes or something like that. And that was the year that she was the Green Party uh, victor in the primary for uh, city council president. And so, like, you know, that probably tipped the balance. Like, enough people were like, oh, are- this is like a, one of those like purple Republicans. <laughs> yeah. Wow, and the party sounds bipartisan. The parties are so bad at informing their supporters of what is happening with their ballot line and turning them out to vote in primaries and such. So it's it's. Yeah. But anyway, so we are going to turn now to David and I had a conversation with uh, the sort of heads of the Keani for Troy campaign, and we just kind of talk about like the practicalities of running the campaign. I hope it's useful to anybody who's listening, who's thinking about doing something similar in your, um, in your town. 
because it's yours for the taking. It's your yeah, and we we learned so much, and so I, I'm just ho- like hopeful that some of this can be useful to somebody else. So yeah, yeah so unfortunately, the candidate her, uh, themselves is uh, is taking a much deserved vacation. So, yeah, Keanu so couldn't Keanu join was, us. Did not join us, but you have a bunch of other people that did a lot of work. Yeah. Okay, so we are here with Team Keani for Troy. Um, we are currently joined by David Banks, who listeners to this podcast are probably somewhat familiar with, who ran our policy division. Uh, Mark, who did communications for the campaign. Dan, who was our Steve Kornacki, our data person. Ashley, who uh, uh, ran field operations, and Sean, who some listeners will remember from many episodes back, who was campaign manager, did so very deftly. Um, so welcome, everybody, to Ironweeds. Thank you. Hello. Happy to be here. So I thought I would start off with, like, the big, broad, probably most important question that anyone considering running somebody for city council might ask, which is, what do you think was the most important element to our success. What's like the one thing that we did that most contributed to the win? We got the most people to the polls and they <laughs> voted for us. That's that, that's very true. We, we I mean, you say that jokingly, but honestly, that's that's what it is, right? Like we got the most people engaged. Um, we, we were going out there knocking on as many doors as possible and talking directly to as many people as possible to get them to the polls. And I think that hands down is, is what leads to, you know, winning a race. And I believe our opponent said that we smoked him. So mathematically speaking, that's what we did. Smoked him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a big part of that is that, um, right up until the end of the race, even when we were feeling confident. We never took it for granted. And it mm-hmm. was always like, um, we never acted like we were ahead convincingly. Yeah. You know, we're always hungry. Uh, like right before the polls closed, I don't know, Sean and I were discussing whether or not we should be doing more outreach, you know? So I don't know. Yeah, we Staying were sitting hungry. at eight o'clock at night wondering if we needed to get back on the phones. Like there was definitely doubt all the way up until about 9.03 p.m. when we when we found out. I mean, I think that's that's like a, a symptom of being sort of this underdog campaign, right? Like we were, uh, you know, Keanu was not the Democratic endorsed candidate her opponent was. And so, you know, I think we had uh, a lot of, um, you know, reason to be concerned. You know, we, we were overcoming a, a, a pretty steep challenge in that regard. Um, and so, like, making sure that we were keeping up with it, not... Uh, not accepting any signs that we were in the lead um, was key. Yeah. One of the reasons I'm interested in this question is because there's there's no doubt that our field operations actually going door to door, making phone calls, talking specifically to individual voters was key to actually, you know, winning by the huge margin that we did. But there was also this kind of phenomenon that I wasn't exactly expecting on Election Day when we had a huge number of people who were data-wise, unknown to the campaign, people that we hadn't made direct contact with, people that we hadn't scored. Um, and for the listener, we scored uh, potential voters on a one to five scale, one being a strong supporter, five being a strong not supporter. And it was making me think about the Facebook ads. And so, like, you know, I, I wonder, Mark, like, what do you think 
was the possible effect of those, you know, I think in the last like week, week and a half, we ran a ton of Facebook ads and you managed all of that. Do you think that that kind of aided field in terms of winning that that huge margin that we that we won? You know, I, I think in part, definitely, right? Like, uh, it's visibility, you know, it's it's getting Kiani's face and name in front of the eyes of, uh, you know, as many people as possible within the district. Um, but honestly, I, I think that by the time that we really started running those ads, we were already out there, like people had seen Kiani's face already. I think maybe like the ads reached a a like subset of people who, you know, might not have encountered Kiani's posts organically. Um, or, you know, maybe people who saw yard signs already then saw an ad that had a link where they could go and actually learn more about the candidate or something like that. Um, but honestly, by the time we started running ads, I think we already had a very strong social media presence that a lot of people uh, sort of had already seen, you know, and I think that that yeah. uh, that was key. Um, ads, I think, also probably did a good job with visibility on like voting information, um, you know, mm. reminding people that primary day is coming up uh, and, you know, this is when and where to vote. Yeah. Um, Ashley, I was wondering, cause you know, you, you managed most of our field operations along with Morgan who couldn't join us, but was our volunteer coordinator. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about some of the challenges with field and like what, like maybe what some of our starting expectations were versus what we got and kind of where we ended up. Like, what did we learn about running field operations for this kind of insurgent, like small town campaign? Well, I think uh, obvious, you know, the obvious thing, right, is that we were, we were in the middle of this, you know, started out and did, you know, this primary in the midst of this global pandemic. So I think that had, you know, we had to start thinking about what we would do um, differently than how you would traditionally run field operations. So, you know, when we first started, we knew that we were going to be doing this thing back in February. We knew back then when we were, you know, seeing numbers climb again, that we couldn't do traditional events and traditional outreach to get people excited about Kiani in um, the a typical way we had to get sort of creative. And so at the start, you know, we posted these, <laughs> I think we can all now say like kind of shitty Zoom events that we definitely <laughs> not, would definitely not do again. Um, yeah, they sucked. And, and honestly, I mean, I think we can all be honest about like, the first one just being like a collection of our friends and friends of friends. And we're like, God damn it. All these people who are here are already going to vote for Kiani. And I think if I recall that first one was like, I I think we had a decent turnout. It was like 30 people, but it's like, Oh, well, we can party with 30 people. We need more than that to get Kiani elected. Well, and half of them were out of district. They were just out of district supporters who couldn't vote for us in the first place. Yeah. There, there was that one couple that like walked away from their computer for like half of it. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> so I like I like to think they were still listening, but who knows? I would like to think so too. Yeah, no. So so that was sort of a strange thing to try and navigate is like how how do we you know because a big part of running any campaign is being as social as possible, right? Because we need to you know as Mark put earlier, like get Kiani's name and face in front of everything, and that's on social media. But we also have to do it in an authentic way, which is like. Uh, person to person. And so figuring out how we were going to do that was was sort of rough at the start. 
But once we got to um, petitioning and, you know, knowing that we had to do it on the doors, but, you know, with masks on and, and sort of all the PPE that we could that we could gather up like that, I think that made things a little easier. And, and, and then that is where really our momentum built is once once we got Kiani um, on the ballot. And then from there, as things got easier, I think um, a big part of it is, you know, you know, thinking back to what you asked, you know, first is it was really just about getting people excited and getting them on doors and getting them talking and getting them reposting and all of that. And I think we were at the, we, Kiani was there before anybody else. So we, Mm -hmm. we had everything sort of up and up and moving before any of the other candidates did. And I think that that helped us because it allowed for us to do a whole lot of planning that I think a lot of campaigns probably don't have, at least not ones that are like ours, to your point about it being hyper local and, and all of that, because we're really looking at, you know, in this race, hundreds of votes. Right. Um, and it's worth saying, you know, Kiani uh, couldn't join us because they are uh, taking a, a well-deserved break and vacationing and seeing their family and everything. But I think that like getting Kiani on the doors was huge because, you know, they have such charisma, like, she's such a kind of charming person and it really and broadly with all of our volunteers who were all incredible um we had a couple of superstars and you know just generally a lot of great people but we had fantastic numbers on the doors in terms of scoring like we were working maybe dan can speak more to it but like two to one support like most of the people the majority of people that we were talking on the doors were either we weren't sure or they were supporting. It was a pretty small margin of people who were opposed. Yeah. I mean, we would get relatively few opponents for each like turf that we went out uh, and a lot of supporters. But um, the the thing about that, as far as data goes, is there's no way of knowing when you're in the campaign whether that means that you are like have some kind of selection bias. Yeah. And you know, people see the Kiani t-shirt and they don't open the door because they support Carrie or you're missing some pocket of support. Uh, like my mother uh, very proudly told me that she does not answer the door for anyone holding a clipboard. <laughs> one of our volunteers the last weekend uh, told me not to use the clipboards anymore because they make you look like a knife salesman. So well what the fuck are we supposed to put the papers on jesus christ i mean i don't know but (laughs) but yeah i mean we had everything yeah just remember (laughs) we had outstanding support uh from our own data but there's no way until the election actually happened to know whether or not we are missing something whether or not there was some other pocket of voters that we just weren't contacting you know yeah, I wonder um, what what to just kind of carry on with that. What can you say about how data worked? Like, how, you know, because you did a ton of data management for the campaign, whether it was entering in the responses from scripts or, or from uh, door knocking or generating turfs, whatever else, you know, all of the work that you did with VAN, the voter access network that we've talked about on the show before. Um, what how important is that for a campaign? And like, do you think that you spent enough time, not enough time, more than enough time on doing all of that in terms of like looking forward for this and for other campaigns? Um, I think it's going to be more important going forward, uh, maybe because a lot of time was just spent figuring things out. Uh, Van or Voter Access Network, for people who aren't familiar, 
is like the DNC software for organizing campaign data. And it's not especially obvious how to do things. Um, no, it's a real pain in the ass. Jesus, fuck. It's, it's a huge fucking pain in the ass to use it. Yeah, it's, 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 kind of, it's kind of awful. But it is very helpful for getting a sense of where you are and getting a sense of how, uh, how much more work you need to do. Like, from my perspective, if we couldn't count, I look back at the 2015 primary, and if we couldn't count a number of supporters that was higher than the margin in that one, I didn't feel that we were winning. Uh, yeah, you know, but by the end, did you count more ones and twos, so to speak, supporters and likely supporters uh, than we got in t- than the Democratic uh, primary challenger won in 2015? Yeah, I think we had like 290, maybe 300 by the very end. Um, and the prior challenger had uh, 236. But and then, of course, you have to take into account how many of those people will actually vote. So. Yeah, but I think the real value going forward, um, Sean sent me something about this a couple of days ago, is that we can look at the data from the returns and compare that to our canvassing data and see how we actually did and see if it actually helped. Which mm-hmm. do we do we know yet how many ones and twos voted? Not all of them. <laughs> not all of them. Not all of them, but yet, but yet, yet still more than we had. So. Uh, yeah, but we still don't have we don't we still don't have the that that full data yet. We could, we could get it, but we don't have. It. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to turn to policy, uh, because I know that was policy working on this campaign, probably on any campaign, is challenging because it's not something that can be entirely, um, like. Uh, delegated to someone else like policy you have to work with the candidate to make sure that the campaign reflects what the candidate actually wants to and intends on doing while in office um so david i wonder if you could tell us a little bit about what it was like developing the the sort of policy platform for the campaign and communicating that and what uh what what challenges that presented yeah so you know the the thing about local elections is you know they're they're usually pretty substantive uh substantive or the opposite of substantive they were they're uh you know uh, just kind of these empty uh um uh popularity contests Mm. you know and um our opponent for example said uh making troy better and also small business like there was not a lot of substance there (laughs) right uh, and uh, and part of that is because they the running for a, a local election like city council is is a popularity contest. Um, and it's uh, that that position is so hemmed in that you can't really make a lot of promises. Right. Because mm-hmm. uh, the the governments above you, state, federal, county, whatever, um, uh, have have a lot of say in what your role is can do um, and residents and then, don't always realize that right like they yeah. they if you're talking to them they tend to think that you can solve all of their problems despite the fact that you can't yeah legally well, while though at this well though at the same time the, the it is true that uh city and and to some degree county government like actually does have a much deeper impact on your pocketbook and like your quality of life than like what 
uh, sleepy Joe Biden says or does, right? <laughs> so the the um, and so it, it it is difficult to to navigate in that space because you're simultaneously really constricted, but also what you say and do matters a great deal. Um, so what w- we we had to do was one um, be honest and say that there are like some things that we can do and some things we cannot do, right? And 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 saying that you cannot do things can be a plus in some ways because one you know you can deflect blame or 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 like you know uh, responsibility but you know you never really want to do that as a candidate but but what you really want to do is be able to say okay we can't for example you know like triple the budget on parks and and recreation or whatever right, right? you know you, you can't do that what you can say is uh you know, here are the grants we're going to go for, or here is how we're spending money unwisely and how we can move it into something else. And something that um, Keanu and I uh, got really on board for is uh, making um, new revenue streams for city government, because, uh, um, you know, that is pretty much the place where you're constrained the most between union contracts, which are good, and you should, uh, 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 you know, uh, respect them uh but, but also uh through through that but also you know th- how much money you get sent from uh what's called called intergovernmental transfers of, of of money uh and then and then your property tax revenue you know like between all of those like pretty much all of it's already spoken for uh, and we took a hard line it. stance on not raising property taxes um yeah yeah not only because so, so, it was popular but because we you know i think kiani agreed that and sean agreed that that was not the right way to find new funding for city uh, projects no new tax- yeah and it's cool that you can say stuff <laughs> no new you, you can say as a leftist you can say as a leftist no new property taxes, no new property taxes. and <laughs> instead say like we this the government can actually do a lot of good stuff for you for a fee that makes your life better and reduces our reliance on property taxes. And that's what we went with. And that seemed to go really well. And I think too, what folks feel on the doors is that we just don't have the money and, and, and that we're always to be inconvenienced and they're used to being inconvenienced and all these things. And when in reality it is, it is being allocated inappropriately. And so once you start that conversation, um, people that, you know, the tune changes and they're really interested. And we had many of those conversations with folks. I, I think, yeah. I think the thing that makes a candidate like Kiani or anyone else who won or anyone else who has been winning in these sort of these, this like slow growing sort of red tsunami, right? Isn't that how tsunamis work? Cause you can't really tell they're there. And then they just fucking splash on the shore. That's really what I think we've been sort of seeing. Yeah, or the cocky. Yeah. But inside the metaphor, but like this like red wave that we have been seeing across the country of these sorts of candidates, one of the things that they do is, is they challenge the conventions of whatever office they're running for, how you're supposed to comport yourself and conduct yourself in it. And so what we've had, I think, in municipal politics for years is like, well, this is just how things are done. You know, the police budget goes up, the other budgets, you know, sort of take that, take a loss because we got to make sure that we have this there. This is just what's static. And I feel like um, what someone like Kiani or like these other candidates do is, is and what generates the turnout, not just the, the field work, but, you know, the message of the campaign is a different, you can expect differently. Um, it's, and, and while at the same time doing what David's being, you know, being, is being honest about like what is possible. And it's like, we're not just going to triple you know, um, 
uh, you know, the, the parks and rec budget, but we, 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 it, we can acknowledge and someone will acknowledge, I will acknowledge in office that it needs to be increased. And yeah. whereas it doesn't happen and it's just, it just is what it is. Some would call and it having somebody on the doors, just saying that bluntly is, is really important for people. Yeah. Some would call that incrementalism, but I think, you know, uh, it might be, but I also think it, it, that, you know, at the same time that people have just sort of accepted the municipal state of affairs in this country for yeah. a long time. And now they're not. Now they're not. Yeah. And that it only works for the folks who are, you know, active and affiliated with these neighborhood groups. It's like that, that, that isn't enough. That has been working for them for years. You know, their, their trash cans or recycling bins get replaced, but fuck everybody else. And so I think we offered something here. I mean, thinking back to like, what are some of the field things that we did? Like, you know, our, our Earth Day event was huge. And I think that was like a big turn, yeah. frankly, for the campaign. Because that was huge. Giving out recycling bins, like doing doing what city council folks should be doing for them, essentially, ahead of even uh, winning, and, which, we, which we did. We won. Did you guys know yeah, that we won? Yeah, it was and, fucking wild. And, 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 and I, I heard that. Yeah, I heard we fucking yeah, won. Yeah, we might not have mentioned it. Uh, and, and, and I don't know, maybe, you know, Brittany, you, you uh, with uh, the editing powers, you could take this out to it. But like, they came at us for doing like a thing, like a good thing. That is worth mentioning. Yeah, I think I, I I can't remember if we said it on the show previously, but you know we did get a slap on the wrist from uh, the city for handing out recycling bins at a political event, which is like I don't know, getting mad at somebody for handing out like sandwiches to people. At a, I I I mean, you know, the 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 framing of it was these are city resources. I'm sorry, once you give a fucking recycling bin to somebody, it's theirs. Like you and, uh, Yeah, also like meanwhile Sex Fest Steve McLaughlin has his face on a vaccine truck, so like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 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 Was, very good uh, point. Uh, yeah. McLaughlin's on the bang bus for vaccines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> everyone who came to grab one of, like, everyone I spoke to who I handed a bit, I would say three out of four of them, I don't know, roughly, said, like, oh, I've been waiting for one of these for fucking months. Oh, totally. I was just like, and yeah. It just, and for years. We were wrong. So, in short, I'd do it again, bitch. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> we were wrong. Like, Proving, you know, it's just like for, for to delivering on an expectation. That's what we were got. That's what we got slapped in the wrist for. Because you said, yeah, we can. We well, can actually- and if Keani was a, if Keani was a counselor, it wouldn't have been a problem. So clearly, the issue is not like people giving out city resources. That's that. That was never the problem. It was just they were pissed no. off because Keani is, you know, uh, frankly, and I'm going to say that it is very thinly veiled racism. Keani is uppity. Like that was always a problem with the establishment pushback for Keani was that they did not deserve this seat. They had not worked hard enough for it. They were not well-connected enough for it. And that was the undertone experience. of everything. It's no experience. This is all, you know, Kerry had the balls to say that he ran a positive campaign. I'm sorry. Every time he sent out a communique with experience bolded, you were, and he mm-hmm. went on fucking Hudson Mohawk Radio and said that, like, what set him apart from his opponent was his experience working with the community. It was offensive. It was racist. It was fucked up. Also, well, just my, point in of my fact, humble opinion. Yeah. Also, just point of fact, Kiani does, in fact, have more experience working in government than Carrie Vastly does. Vastly more experience working with the community than Carrie does. Vastly. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. I, I Carrie, think, Carrie yeah. worked for a private college that uh, has fucked the city over many times. Mm-hmm. Um, Kiani has worked both on like city uh, municipal boards. He worked on the sustainability board. And like 
running a community garden that is like for the city um working with the sanctuary for independent media like keani has done a ton of shit with you know rpi sucks people into the city and then the vast majority of them leave so pretending that being a fucking admin at rpi is in any way working with the you know city the troy community is just absurd yeah i mean i think the other thing about that is that um the reason why that didn't play it is like you say i'm the experienced candidate like great, your experience in like letting garbage pile up in my alley and having yeah. the pool empty, like that just doesn't play when people want change. Right. You're and also yeah, not experienced. You've run for office. This is your third time running for office and you lost. Three time loser. Yeah. <laughs> You're a loser. You have no you have experience losing. I'm sorry, but like that's your experience. Just being a loser. Yeah. Yeah, and I think what it also shows us is just the laziness of the democratic establishment here, right? Is that is that they were were I guess not prepared for us, which you know is good for us. But even once we we, we sort of got our footing and our momentum, they still seemed to like to not have any clue like what to do. And it's because it it would seem to me they've never actually engaged with 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 their constituents in a way that is like helpful or authentic in any way. And so it was like yeah. for the first time what people were seeing is that like, yeah, okay, we've got lawn signs, we got stickers, we got all this cool shit, but like also you have this person stopping at my door and then somebody else is calling me and then we get to meet Kiani at this like barbecue that we did. You do not see these people engaging with people. They show up to events where cameras are, like just as you sort of assume politicians do and they do that exact thing here. And, and, and we showed some, we showed up and did something very different from what they're used to doing. And I believe what is said is that we smoked him. So that's what we did. Yeah, we smoked him. I would really love to see in Van the, how people turned out in this primary versus 2015 and see like exactly how many people we turned out who didn't vote in 2015. Because I, I, my instinct tells me that that's a huge number and that a lot of this was actually just getting people to give a shit about this uh, this type of election because it's clear that the Dems have run for many years on the model of just having to turn out your sort of like democratic operatives and your core supporters and assuming that they will carry you. And if that is what their strategy has been and continues to be, then that's something that's really easy to exploit especially if you have the resources, which we totally did. Dylan's not here right now, but we had a ton of fucking money to throw around all small dollar donations. Um, yeah, I, I I think it's really important when talking about Troy politics to compare how the Troy Democratic Party and the Troy Republican Party deal with things, where I don't remember the exact number, but it's something like there are one and a half or twice as many Democratic registrations and the city voter registrations, the Republican, and the Democrats still regularly lose citywide elections. They lost the last uh, city council presidential election, whereas the Republicans are better organized to the extent where they can, you know, they steal in essentially every election uh, the Green Party line previously and now the Working Families Party line because the Democrats. Uh, despite their numerical advantage, don't have the level of internal organization necessary to do to protect their own resources, to protect their own uh, constituencies. Yeah, which is something we haven't even talked about. We'll probably talk about that in the rest of the episode with just uh, myself and David and Chris. But yeah, the Working Families Party line just blatantly stealing 
the the line is incredible. It's something we've talked about on the show a ton, especially with the Green Party. Um, and, and they're the very well is, organized. The thing is, is both are they're they're both the Democrats, and, the, and like it sort of shows that like there's no escaping what we see, what you know, what we see at a national level and what we see at a local level. They're both as cynical as the other. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's worked out for both of them for so long. Uh, you know that that the, they can have the Democrats can have the, the playground of Troy and the they, the rest of the Republicans of the county. That's pretty much how upstate politics works all the time. And like and yeah. all you see as a result too is just like well people stay home more and more. Uh, and so yeah, it's only the you know fucking people have just been yeah you know just like the rotating cast of just like I don't know the worst people at a you know your I don't know neighborhood like college or high school like baseball game or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would say too on the doors, what we've experienced too is that people, people, I would say is unsurprisingly are more to the left than even yeah. they think they are. Yes. And it really is just yeah. a conversation about like basic services and what we all should have and what we're all sort of putting into the city and not receiving. Like, I, I think, I think there's a lot of that and, and, and they are, they are just so disappointed. I mean, the thing is, is what they're seeing, those who are, you know, even loosely engaged are seeing their city council vote six more vote for six more cops they're tired of hearing this narrative this tired ass narrative about community policing when we all know that you know the jury's out it doesn't it it, you know there's the jury's back in rather it does they don't work so people are really tired of seeing their money go to shit that just you know is just killing more people or that it's a contemplative process or that anybody's going there and be like oh we should think about this some more no you've made your mind up you ran for office. Right. You saw. You took a position, and you just and you're. This is what you're choosing to do with it. That's that's the choice. You, and it's like, and I think that's the thing. Like again, it's about expectation. That's what I think. That's what leads turning folks out is that like this is bullshit. Well, and I would say too, to our knowledge, that the the our opponent didn't do a single bit of real no. outreach whatsoever to anyone in the community. No. And so when they see that and they see these, like, they, they assume that, like, the power in, 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 in their running is just these awful fucking endorsements that nobody clearly gave a shit about. Excuse me. The senator, uh, <laughs> uh, the sentient pile of porridge from the great city of Albany, actually. Is- <laughs> <laughs> Neil, Neil Breslin is a household name. Everyone knows who he is. They care about what he thinks. Right. Yeah. So all, all of this brings me to, I was sort of saving this for last, but like, Sean, this is obviously the first time you've been the campaign manager of a political uh, candidacy. What? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. For any, um, what was it like? What do you feel like you've learned? Like what? I don't know. I mean, what what I, you I think that, look, this campaign was run by a ton of people and everybody played an enormous role in getting it done. People people who aren't here today to talk with us who played such an important role. But at the end of the day, like success comes from organization. Sean, you are like a professional organizer. It's what you do day in, day out. You were good at getting people in line, getting pe- keeping people on task. And I'm just wondering if you could say something about, you know, get, give some advice for somebody who maybe is starting to think about running somebody for any legislative body, any position. Like, what does a good campaign manager need to focus on? Well, I think you, I think you said it. It's that like, it's not it's just as much as it's about like the, uh, finding the, the right person to be the candidate is making sure that like that when, you know, I think we, we talk a lot about the bench and the bench also involves like everyone else who's going to, you know, who's going to back that up. 
uh, you know, back that person up. And so that, I think that we had that, we had, we had all those requisite pieces. The only thing I think, cause we had spent, you know, years before, um, uh, you know, you know, doing other things like sort of like, uh, setting up the dominoes to have a campaign. And so, yeah, we already had like the team or the folks that were ready to step up to be a part of that team, uh, and support is for Keani. And then there's, we also had Keani. And so we had all that. The only thing we just, the only thing from there that we lacked really was, uh, just, just that the, the necessary, the, the knowledge of like, well, how do you actually do this both like legalistically and stuff like that? But we, we had all the right people and so together we were able to, to develop a sort of a shared instinct, um, uh, and a sort of organic like impulse to do the right thing and just being like, but we got to check our notes on that one. We got to, we got to dot our I's and cross our T's there. And that's, that's, I mean, I think that, that's, that's, I, 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 I didn't know that at the time, but I know, I think that it's obvious now. And, and, uh, I would say that like we did that as an organization that like has a core of like 50 people. Um, and has a membership of, you know, a hundred and whatever, and, and then has a, a sort of network of hundreds more spread across the city. And then we could, we, we just, that came together over, I don't know, I've been living here for 10 years, you know, and there's a lot of us have been living here for a long time. And, um, so it takes time. It takes time. But once you have it and then you do it, I mean, I mean, we haven't, it's been, we know that they're on the run, uh, locally and, uh, uh, I don't know, like, I don't know, there's like a civil war metaphor to be made about like retreating <laughs> troops are easier. <laughs> like, I, and I think it's, and I think it's like, you know, I, I think like that's the thing is like now, now they're on the run. We, we, we had an impact with, you know, with Keanu's campaign that had a ripple effect across the, the county. Um, and, right. um, and, and the progressives and, for County yeah. Ledge and yeah. And, um, we, we punched outside of our weight class. And I think we were saying, you were saying that at the time, but I think actually, no, like we, we just didn't know how we had, you know, developed a sort of team and a crew of organizers that, you know, were, you know, in a different weight class than we thought we were. That's it's good to know that now, um, which that means we're better, we're better positioned next time. And, and we just, we won't, we'll, 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 and we know that we have, we know we have the people that we can call on from there. Yeah. You know, that's one thing I keep thinking about is how how little we knew when we started and how much we know now and how that's going to pay dividends moving forward. Because, like, we had no fucking clue when we started what the fuck we were doing. I mean, all, most of us had served in some capacity as, like, volunteers or served some position on a campaign before this. But running a campaign is completely different. You don't have any support for the legal elements of it, the basic infrastructure. And we have as Troy DSA, as just the, you know, the group of us, even independent from that organization, built a level of institutional knowledge that is invaluable that will continue to serve us for years and years to come. Um, And I think even if we had lost, which thank fucking God we didn't. But even if we had, we would have this incredible bounty of wealth that we are actually going to be in the process of sort of archiving and documenting. And I think that's the work to come in the in the coming weeks is, is you know, getting all of that in a place where we have it. Um, but I, I really do think that that's a kind of remarkable thing to come out of this is that we can do this again. We can do this again in any fucking district in the city. Um, I keep freaking out my lib mom by saying that we're going to turn Troy into a socialist utopia because right. that is what is about to happen, folks. Yeah. Soviet Republic. That's right. I, I think we have to give ourselves like some credit coming in, though, because like there 
I, I can't do everyone, but like a lot of people volunteer on the Bernie campaign. A lot of people have experience, yeah. uh, like doing union organizing or doing immigration rights organizing. So we knew we didn't know how they fit together, but we knew what all the pieces were. You know, we knew that we needed to text volunteers. We knew we needed to post regularly on social media. We knew we needed to phone bank. We knew whereas, we needed to annoy people even, even when it was uncomfortable to do so. Yeah. Whereas like, um, you have to text your friends constantly at 7am. Whereas <laughs> like, be tired not, of you. not just keep taking hits at our opponent, but the thing I kept saying is that we were running a 21st century campaign and our opponent was running a 20th century campaign. Like yeah. he didn't have an Instagram account. He had paper call sheets. There was no like online volunteer mobilization. So I think some of it is just like knowing that you have all these resources existing that you should use and all these people who can help you if you ask. Yeah. All of that makes me want to ask Mark again, because I think that the socials, the online presence of this campaign was pretty fucking remarkable. Um, And I want to know like what... I guess, like, what what would you say? Look, look, we're, we, Dan's absolutely right. We are not. We are no longer campaigning in the 20th century. This is this was a an online campaign as much as it was a door to door campaign. And so, like, what uh, advice would you offer anyone wanting to do this, looking from like a, a social media angle, but also just like broadly having a presence online? That's a good question. And, uh, you know, I think there's there's a few different parts to it. Right. Um, You know, when the campaign started, it was really a matter of like establishing, um, you know, who Kiani was and, you know, what we wanted them to, um, you know, be projecting out on onto the Internet. You know, Um, we established like a brand guide pretty early on. Um, that was just like a list of like the colors that we're going to use for our campaign socials and fonts and stuff like that. Um, and like, honestly, that was super helpful just for me to, you know, be able to more easily create interesting and, uh, you know, memorable posts as time went on. Um, you know, having a consistent brand at like, you think it might be like restricting or something like that, but like it was, it was like invaluable because it meant like, I'm going to, I'm just going to open up Canva. I'm going to put, you know, some words on this thing and it just needs to have these colors in it and a picture of Kiani. And, you know, yeah, I can get you a designer in and a brief, ways. get four colors that somebody's picked for you that look good together. Cause honestly, everything you produced for the campaign was visually striking. Like it mm-hmm. all looked really good. Yes. Yeah, and I am not a graphic designer. I I literally just yeah. use Canva. That's it. Um, and it it uh, things came out pretty well. You know, it was um, steel. Okay, and that's how you know it's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, you you did an, uh, an amazing job, Mark. And and I, I would be remiss not to say like shout out to Marin Nelson from Minneapolis for helping us with just getting us started with the initial uh, um, logo and and colors. Marin's designs were were so great. I mean, it was really invaluable to us at a time when we really fucking needed it early on. I did so, within yeah. 72 hours, basically. Yes. <laughs> no, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So I might have the hex codes memorized. I, I, I'm not sure you'd have to test <laughs> me, but I, I might have them all. In uh, Minneapolis. That's uh, right. You know, Mara Nelson. She has a website. 
I wasn't prepared to make this plug. uh, But but also, (laughs) because I told you to listen to this, hit that subscribe button, $5 a month to Patreon for Iron (laughs) Peace. We are nothing without each other. All right. So we're coming up on time. Um, I guess I'll ask, is there anything that uh, you... I don't really want to say, is there anything that we should have done differently? Because we we won fucking two to ones. So that's a stupid kind of fucking question. But in retrospect, like what. I guess, like, what will be different the next time we do it I'm here? I'm right here on this one. Um, be prepared like six months earlier. Like, uh, basically. <laughs> um, yeah. So much of what I think caused us stress is the combination of rushing to learn on the fly and also do what we needed to do to, uh, you know, sort of just like, you know, trend, you know, just practice what we learned basically. Um, and so being more prepared from jump and now we can be, um, and, 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 you know, others can be too, uh, (laughs) without, without having to go through it the first time. But I think we're just even still like, yeah. Um, that'll be so helpful. I would say, so my, my answer to this is around people. Yeah. So I think, you know, a big part of our stress was that we had this amazing core team that was really stretched to its limits to make this thing happen. And we, we were all burning that midnight oil. Mm-hmm. But I think, and we certainly like scooped up people along the way who are amazing, who are now also involved in other political projects and DSA with us and, and, and things like that, which is awesome. That's what we want to have happen. But I think what this is, was essentially a recruitment drive for DSA. Oh, I mean, totally. that's another thing worth noting. I know that's off topic, but like, frankly, this was a way to bring people into the chapter. But anyway, I'm sorry, Ashley, go ahead. No, and that's that's the best thing that we can possibly do here, right? Is that show that these things are possible when we when we organize together um, for something really tangible like a city council race. Um, and it, I think it helps propel us forward. And so the only thing I'd like to see the next, I mean, there's so many things I like to see the next time, but I think the biggest part of it is more people who are as excited and pumped to do this work as we are. And I think they will be because they're seeing these wins. They're seeing these wins and they're seeing how possible it actually is. I would say one thing that is going to be different in the next one is that we won this one. That's right. So uh, if we want to take a, uh, uh, a chapter out of the uh, the Donald Trump playbook right, is um, uh, campaign and govern at the same time, mm. like the never ending campaign. To like, I, I think uh, one one thing that we could we could do, and obviously, you know, like not going to speak for for Kiani here, right? But like something that at least DSA can can start doing now, uh, and I, this is a a minor recommendation to uh anyone that might be in a similar position somewhere else right is to start highlighting when you've done something like actually promote your wins and say like this happened and we got you this and now this is different and that was because you supported us doing xyz right and like doing that over and over and over again then makes it so that when you say now we need this person in office to continue this work, it, the story writes itself. Yeah, people can and, say, "Look um, at what a great we, job this person did," and now I want this other person to do such a great job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or I, we need more people on the council to achieve this new work. So, right. like you know, like that, it would be great if we can if we could keep that going. But I, I will also say, um, you know, for the next time. I think that because this was our first campaign, we were being like very, very cautious about, you know, 
um, how uh, about how much effort we were putting into things. You know, we were we were trying to just put everything that we could into Kiani's campaign. Um, and as a result, like other campaigns, like Marquita's campaign in, in District Six, uh, we weren't as focused on, you know. And I think that yeah. that that's fine because you know, for right we now, had no we, didn't, we had no idea, right? We yeah. had no idea the the true impact of um uh, of our campaign. We we had no way to 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 judge, you know, whether the the numbers that we were seeing were actually good enough to win uh, a campaign. Um, so like. Now that we have that baseline, I think that we can, uh, you know, allocate our resources, allocate our time across multiple campaigns um, and, uh, you know, try and boost up as many people as we can and, you know, just make sure that everyone that we can gets past the finish line. And that's and the most important thing. Yeah. Some of that's also coordination earlier on, which I think was a problem was between the two campaigns that we didn't know. You know, we didn't know Marquita was running. And by that time, we had allocated resources the way that we had. But now that we can use DSA as sort of like a base camp, I think we'll do better next time. And also knowing like what numbers indicate what, because we fucking, again, had no idea what any of this meant. The the other thing I'd say that changed to go off David's, the thing that changed is we one point, um, is quite frankly, people will treat us differently. And that the Democratic Committee, if we put up a candidate, uh, I'm saying we, I won't be here, but if we put up a candidate in another district, they'll have to think very carefully about whether or not they want to commit resources and then get blacked again. Like, fundamentally. I smoked think that, is the word. Yeah, smokes. Yeah. <laughs> like, they won't be able to dismiss anyone that has our backing, and they'll have to think very carefully about whether or not they want that fight, which I think we've demonstrated we can easily win. Yeah. And that they will have to pass our test, not we passed there. We passed there. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Thing. So if we carve out for ourselves a sort of left caucus, you know, at like like we see sort of more nationally, then I think that's good for us and 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 you know a real goal for what we need to look at as we sort of plan for the next. Yeah. Well, I just want to say, first of all, congratulations to all you crazy bitches who spent this much time on this fucking campaign. We won. We rule. We're awesome. We're taking over the whole goddamn city. Um, Thank you for spending some time telling us about it. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So that was our interview with uh, uh, a bunch of people. It happened on Friday. I don't remember exactly who's in there. Uh, Sean, Ashley, you and I—they know who it is. We yeah. just we just had them on. Okay. Literally, right. just listened you, to they, forty-five you minutes of all them talking. To that. Yeah, so we don't need yeah. to recap for them. Okay. I hope Wildflower. You liked it. Yes. Please. All right. Um. As as if uh big wins wasn't enough. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh. So fucking, we've talked about AG Letitia James before on this show. She's just killing it. Like yeah. she's doing a good job. She was not. I remember her not being the most progressive option on the ballot when she when she won. But you know, she's yeah. A, and I'll be perfectly honest. I don't actually know that much about her career. Yeah. But occasionally, I hear something that she's done, and it sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, yeah. she keeps coming up. Uh, yeah, on, on the pod, it's like, <laughs> hey, a, a little shimmer of light in the darkness of our government. Yeah. Hey. 
it's hard to make the cut of wildflower on this show if you're a politician. So, so this has got to be something. <laughs> yeah. So she she secured what was it, two hundred and thirty or three hundred and twenty? Two hundred and thirty million dollars. Should have been three hundred and twenty. Yeah. Uh, Should have been four hundred and twenty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Settlement against Johnson and Johnson for their and their their subsidiary. Uh, I want to call it Janssen. It looks. It's kind of German. Yeah, the, yeah, or, yeah, or Hansen. 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 Johansen. Yeah. yeah, it's probably it's probably some old Nazi company that Johnson Johnson acquired that made a bunch <laughs> of opiates, and uh, and now Johnson Johnson can no longer sell opiates in the United States, which is not part of what happened here. I think that's something else. But the, yeah, but uh, that that two hundred thirty million dollars is going to go into a fund. For opiate addiction. Yeah, for treatment and prevention yeah. of uh, the opioid crisis. Now, i known that the Sackler family was the one that was, like, you know, being blown up in the press for being, like, the evil behind the opioid crisis. But you're saying that Johnson & Johnson was also in on the deal and that basically they are now going to fund, like, the actual rehabilitation of people that are now addicted to their pharmaceutical, like, version of, like, heroin. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like so the Sackler family is with Purdue, and mm. it seems like Purdue is also sort of uh, running scared yeah. after a lot of these state AGs are going after them. This one in particular is an agreement with with J and J that they will that they will pay the state of New York this money. Um, but yeah, Chris, they're but, yeah they're they're all in. It's almost like the 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 ruling class colludes with each other <laughs> to do things, well, and that the whole myth of capitalist competition and innovation <sighs> is a total fucking lie. Yeah, and also Johnson Johnson has been you know like put out to dry for knowingly having asbestos in their baby powder like, for like how the fuck decades. do you even do that? Just like you want your baby powder to like not get cold or something? Like yeah. why why are you putting asbestos in baby powder? Yeah. I think the, the the controversy around their vaccine rollout was like the least controversial uh thing that they've yeah. done. They were just like, yeah, I know, you know, there's been heart problems or with a couple people and Which so. even that is I, I I I do even think that like that was over that was way overblown. Right? Yeah. Like, I think so like too. it was like it was, it was like just... the millions of people that are getting it. Like yeah. Like yeah. you count on like two hands like how many people have had problems. But yeah. It's mostly young people too. Yeah. Right? It's like who eight, fucking cares about them? Yeah. Like, yeah. We've never done anything for young people in this country. So no, just let it know. And and we don't need to. They're fine. Yeah. Look at how young and healthy they well, are. Oh, you just throw them in a wood chipper and send them to <laughs> Afghanistan. It's or, uh, Jesus whatever. Christ. Who cares? That's what they're good for. Yeah. Is the war over yet? I, if you want it. Yeah. Is, is that the way we're doing it? It's, it's, uh, <laughs> I think, I actually, I think it's yeah, supposed to be by, septem- by September 11th. September 11th. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I forgot the date for a second there. Oh. oh. Which uh, I wasn't supposed to do. You told me you'd never forget. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, um, so, yeah, you know, like, to, I, Honestly, you know, like the only, like, only thing you should do in in the wake of like a massive organized like opiate addiction, uh, like cabal would be to nationalize all of these corporations because clearly profit motive is not the best way to incentivize creating drugs. But you know, I guess maybe the second, third best thing is that you know we sue the shit out of them. Two hundred thirty million is probably not, not that a, much. Not, yeah. It not should a ton. be more. You know, should be way more. Should but, be like a billion dollars. Yeah, but you know they drew some blood. I'll take it. Yeah. Well, going to desperately needed to be funded rehabilitation services. So yeah, yeah, that's that's a wildflower in my book. Yeah, thanks for finding that. 
eat it, Johnson and Johnson. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, and and and, and Johnson and next. John Johnson 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 Johnson. <laughs> yeah, you're probably they're gonna be calling them the, the Sack List family after yeah. we're done with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that'll do it for this yep. episode of Iron Weeds, right, guys? Yeah. Um, Stay tuned for a bonus episode on all things Disclosure, Britney Spears, uh, UFOs. I, that's what Disclosure is. Well, yeah. Well, sorry. I thought that was a running theme that we're all these uh, things are being uncovered, man. Yeah. All right. Was, significant information has come to light. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm just saying you were being redundant because I started, I said Disclosure. Yeah. Yeah. Which is UFOs. Right. Well, I'm saying like disclosure. You just felt I, like I you thought, needed to list it twice. Well, I thought disclosure was, was like, like a the theme. theme. Uh, like, I see what because, you're saying. Because Brittany is also disclosing. So maybe that, okay. How okay. much she fucking Possible hates. Possible bonus episode title. Her 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 conservatorship. Uh, Allison Mack has defected from Nexium. Another yeah. way of saying she has disclosed. <laughs> She's disclosed <laughs> her, some things her about. Her feelings. Yeah. So. Uh, all that and more on our bonus episode for this week. You can get it at patreon.com slash ironweeds. And if you want to find us on Twitter. Ironweeds pod. If you want to find us on Instagram. Ironweeds pod. And send us an email. Why don't you at ironweeds pod. At, at gmail.com. Thank you so much. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Peace.